Sometimes you gotta do a little three-peat. <laughs> Good morning, motivators. A brilliant full sun here on this Wednesday hump day morning. Gonna be a nice day, gonna be a good day. Let's make it freaking count. <clears throat> you know, I got a saying, uh, you know, hump day annoys me a little bit because the reality is, of course, that we are concerned. We are uh, not concerned. We are, it, it signifies the mid part of the week, and so the downward slope is soon to come. So, all we can do if we can get through today and do our absolute best, have some successes, then the rest of the week we can coast, and then before we know it, we'll have a little bit of time to ourselves on the weekend. And it looks like it's going to be, at least in in eastern PA, it's going to start to uh, get some cloud cover coming in towards Friday, and then Friday night, it's going to fucking piss on us a little bit. It's going to rain on us, and I actually enjoy this a little bit, because when you don't have shit to do on a nice, rainy Saturday morning, you just can relax a little bit, you know, sleep in, hang out with my wife and kids and the dogs, turn on that Christmas tree and just kind of bask in the holiday glory, a little rain outside, you're nice and cozy-wozy in front of your fireplace. Snuggled up, right? So I look forward to that. Hump day? I used to call it, take a dump on hump day. My little phraseology, because uh, you're going to go after it, you know? First of all, we don't count the days. We try to make our Mondays just as good as our Fridays, right? Even though that there's a clear sentiment in the air. There's some, a feeling that, that is out there that descends upon us that, man towards the end of the week, everybody just kind of relaxes a little bit, and you get fewer emails, whereas Wednesday, right, we, all the business is trying to be conducted, <clears throat> so that, you know, whatever widgets people are selling, or emails that are coming across, communications, that it, it is fulfilled and squared away for <clears throat> the week. Get it out of the way so you can relax on the weekend. So I understand that, but true DDIP making motivation philosophy, to me, we should be freaking full steam ahead every day. We have to be. Be like different than other people, right? Who might cower and count the days so that they can make it to Thursday and Friday. Anyway, it's Wednesday. Let's freaking get it. Take a dump on hump day. Go after it. Make quick work of it. And we're moving progressively towards that weekend. And the holidays are here, man. Freaking Christmas and Hanukkah are upon us. Next week is it. And then I'm going to be off for a week. And I need it. You know? As I'm sure you do. So, let's be productive now. So... I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about something called the brain-gut connection. I don't know if I have spoken on this previously, but it's you're going to hear more and more about it. 
the brain-gut connection or the brain-butt connection, we might as well call it, right? The reality that there is an intimate connection between the nervous and immune systems and our gut bacteria sense as well as our brain. So connection between our intestines and our brain anatomically, right? <clears throat> you can kind of back into this whole deal by just acknowledging how you feel. Let's say like this morning I woke up, I don't know what the hell it was yesterday. I had a little soup for uh, lunch and scarfed it down pretty quickly. It was a chicken chowder. I'll tell you, it was freaking delicious. But I started to get a little bit bloated towards the end of the, the day or yesterday and had a little bit of a loose stool, a little di diarrhea. Listen, when you run around the bases and it splatters on their faces, diarrhea. <coughs> diarrhea. <coughs> when you're laying in bed and you feel something spread, diarrhea. <coughs> diarrhea. <coughs> when you're climbing up a ladder and you hear something splatter, diarrhea. <coughs> diarrhea. <coughs> when you're running around first and the butt's about to burst, diarrhea. <coughs> diarrhea. <coughs> So, it wasn't uncontrollable, but it was clearly something going on. My little rumbly, my tumbly felt full. And simultaneously, I felt a little bit anxious. Like, eh. Like, I didn't feel good. There was something up or down below and something up top. And they were, they were linked. So, that's how you can remember a little bit of this. Everybody has. It's okay to talk about diarrhea. Find it humorous. Find it funny. And ultimately talk about <clears throat> our doing our business, you know? That we're looking for a healthy bowel movement, a, <clears throat> a mobile intestines, some intestinal motility, and a healthy environment within our gastrointestinal system. After all, it has been said that this is where we get our health from, our intestines, our GI, and our ability to actually extract and absorb nutrients doesn't, does that not make sense? They say, you are what you eat. Well, follow up with, you are what you do not excrete. So all the good stuff gets broken down, sent down, <clears throat> chewed up in the mouth. Just follow, follow me on this one. Digestive tract, otherwise known as the alimentary canal. It uh, stretches from your mouth to your anus. And you start digesting before you even take the first bite of your meal, right? I'll tell you how. Because there's something called the cephalic stage of digestion. You're thinking about that meal. You're looking at the meal. You're smelling those pancakes, right? Sizzling on the, in the pan. Or the bacon. Or you're looking at that apple and you're starving. Fasting all evening while you slept. Hopefully six to eight hours, right? <clears throat> hopefully on the higher side. Because that's important too. The cephalic stage, cephalic means head, you're thinking, your mental wheels are spinning about that meal that you're about to consume. When that happens, your salivary glands in your mouth, they start to step up production to make saliva, to make digestive enzymes, 
one of which, the first of which you're going to encounter in your mouth is called salivary amylase, and there's another one in smaller quantities called salivary lipase, or lingual lipase, rather. <clears throat> See salivary glands, they're going to start squirting, just thinking about them, I'm getting a little bit of moisture in my mouth. <clears throat> so they start to fire up production. They're going to make these enzymes that are going to digest carbs and fats starting in the mouth. So you can take like a saltine cracker and just put it on your tongue and hang out for a while. And this enzyme, salivary amylase, is going to start to break that down. Similarly, fat, you can start to break that down a little bit with lingual lipase. So there's digestion. We, then we chew. And our cheek muscles our buccal muscles, they're going to help us position our food underneath these grinders, which is our teeth, and we're going to masticate or grind up all that big food particles and mechanically digest it, right? break it down to small, more assimilable pieces in our mouth. And then we've got something called a bolus. It's like a ball of mixed up food, right? You're going to swallow that. It's going to go down into your esophagus. you got enzymes and little friggin' large particles, food particles made small. Now you're breaking these structures up into their, um, their building blocks, which for proteins, there would be amino acids. And carbs, there would be uh, simple sugars like glucose, fructose. And then uh, fats would be breaking down into lipids, fatty acids. We swallow it, it goes down a muscular tube with rhythmic contractions into our stomach. That tube is called the esophagus. You get to the stomach, it drops it in, and into an acid bath. And any of the more difficult structures to break down, like proteins, friggin' complex carbohydrates, the acid, that low acidic environment of the stomach is going to assist in breaking that down chemically now. And there's churning that happens with three layers of muscles in the stomach. Churn, churn, churn. Take your hands together and clasp them and squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. There's three different layers of smooth muscle that help to mechanically break down that stuff and mix it with uh, digestive enzymes in the stomach. An enzyme called pepsin that's released from the gastric pits, these deep crevices inside the stomach lining. So the acid and pepsin and trypsin, they're going to help break down food chemically. Now the substance is called chyme. It's like this white, milky substance, a mixture of food. This is what puke essentially looks like. It's disgusting, I know, but it's, it's freaking, listen, we got to talk about this shit. So, stomach, churn, 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 break it down with acid and enzymes get to the end of the stomach we're going to enter the first length of the small intestine called the duodenum here is like a car wash and there's these spray nozzles from the pancreas that come over and they're going to squirt digestive enzymes that are going to further break down the three macronutrients proteins, carbs and fats this pancreas is like a funky looking squished up banana structure that sits in your left upper quadrant. You take your left hand and put it underneath your rib cage. Oh, uh, very good. 
family telling me they love me. I love you too, sweetheart. My little girl, Lily Beans. So, um, listen, for pancreas squirts out digestive enzymes into the duodenum, which is the first length of the small intestine. Digestion is going to be really friggin' accentuated here. We're going to break down all these medium-sized food particles further, chemically. And then we're going to move into the jejunum, which is the longest length of the small intestine. Digestion. You're going to have slurping through the wall of the intestine. <laughs> slurping from, from, the, from the lining of the intestinal lining into the blood supply, which is surrounding these coiled up tubes that we call our intestines. All these blood vessels, large and small, the capillaries are going to slurp up and absorb all the, micro, the macronutrients, and then they're riding the vasculature, the arterial system, all throughout, and are going to deliver all of these proteins, carbs, and fats to all the cells, drop them off along the way, like Santa dropping off presents. Here's a little present for you. You need some fuel, I'll give you a carb. So you need to repair. Hey, you take some amino acids here. Oh, right, you need some energy, you need some insulation. Um, take some fats, some fatty acids, right? So further absorption occurs in the ileum, which is the, the final length of the three lengths of the small intestine. And now the majority of the food has been absorbed. We've taken all the good stuff that we possibly can and slurped it through the intestinal wall and are delivering it to every cell, tissue, organ, and system in our body. When we're done, take all that, all that uh, food that's remaining there and you're going to put that, push that into the large intestine or the colon and that's going to go <clears throat> three different positions going to go up, across, and down. And during this passage, this large intestine or colon, we're going to, it's a last-ditch effort to absorb any of the nutrients and a lot of the water content of food. So we get a lot of hydration, believe it or not, through the foods we eat. The nice apple, we got water in there. We're going to concentrate it, suck it all out so that there's salvage all the water, because water is life <clears throat> in the colon. So we're fine. We're going to get all the water and nutrients out. Finally, we've got a concentrated waste product. We've got physical turds, hoop, which is stuff that we can't digest. A lot of fiber in there. And there's also bacteria in the gut. I haven't even talked about this. I'm talking about the brain-gut connection, right? So there are inhabitants of our intestines. In fact, our entire bodies. You've got colonies of bacteria, um, different colonies, some of which live on your face, others in your neck, another unique colony in your armpit, in your groin area, in your butthole, inside your intestines. And there are th structures called, um, you know, well, different microorganisms. These are bacteria, single-celled creatures that are countless. Billions, trillions of these single-celled creatures live in these vast communities and compete for real estate inside our gut. And they help us to digest our food. 
let's say you have a certain type of bacteria in your gut. We call that the normal flora for you. So that's the normal inhabitants of your gut. Helps to break down food and keep that environment safe. It'll crowd out any other like interloper bacteria that might be pathogenic, might cause disease, right? We don't need those in there. We want all the good guys in there. And so these bacteria, don't do it, dick face. These bacteria are abundant and they're important and they help to, keep, to digest our food and to keep us healthy. They play a role in our immune system. We can all relate to this. You ever have an infection, God forbid, and you have to be put on antibiotics or somebody's in the hospital and they need to put on IV, be put on IV antibiotics. That's a significant antibiotic right there. Very powerful. So powerful that it's going to destroy any infectious bacteria in our body and in the process is going to be some fratricide. We're going to kill some of the good bacteria. It's going to kill everything or most after which you kill all the good guys well then maybe some interloper goes in there and says oh you gave up your house here? I'll recolonize this area. I like your house. It's really nice. I'm just going to make this my nice, my nice cozy home here. And they'll take up residence, and then they can cause disease and all kinds of malfunctions in our body, upset the apple cart. And so this is what's going on with the brain-gut connection. Something else on a final note, because i got to get into the office. I learned the other day, you know, like serotonin is a feel-good chemical. It's a neuro transmitter. Neurotransmitters are chemical messengers that are secreted by in your brain by the neurons, nerve cells in your brain. When you feel good, serotonin is responsible in large part. There are other uh, numerous uh, neurotransmitters at work, chemicals circulating in your brain like endorphins and enkephalins and dopamine and all that, but talking about serotonin, it's a feel-good chemical produced in the brain. But 90% of serotonin is actually produced in the intestines, I just learned. And so if it's a feel-good chemical, and the vast majority of it is produced in the intestines, then that's interesting, isn't it? That further accentuates the brain-gut connection and why it's important to note that when we feel like shit, we often need to take a shit or we'll have a little bit of a uh, fecal malfunction. Right? So take care of your gut. Listen to your body. Don't be afraid to talk about the dirtiest of things. I know all the moms out there, they like to inspect turds and make sure that, oh, what is it going on over there? Oh, I heard it sound like it was a loose stool. Is everything okay? You know, oh, you gotta, can't flush your, you know, your turd down the toilet? Oh, what's going on? It's a green color? What'd you eat? So we know instinctively that, we know instinctively that the butt is important and nobody talks about it because it's dirty and smelly and farts come out and all that stuff. But the brain, the brain butt or the brain gut connection, extremely important to our health. Let's be aware of the foods we eat, also the digestive process, the fact that there are um, automatic, they're called the autonomic nervous system that controls digestion, which are these two competing um, parts of the nervous system. They're called the autonomic nervous system 
think automatic because they're running the show, making sure our guts, our, our liver, our intestines, our reproductive organs, our heart, our lungs are all functioning well. And so there, there are two parts There's that compete. There's the sympathetic nervous system, which you've heard referred to as the fight or flight. And that kind of gets your heart rate up. It gets when you're stressed out. This this your sympathetic nervous system is up. And when you're relaxing, when you're enjoying a meal, when you're sleeping, the parasympathetic nervous system is at work. And that's chilling out, digesting your food. So the parasympathetic nervous system should dominate. In other words, we should be kind of chill. And then, if need be. Our, we can jack our heart rate up, we can spring into action, we can, you know, um, run away from that tiger or fight or deal with a stressor. The sympathetic nervous system will help us do that. But our, many of us, our sympathetics are jacked way the hell up. And so that's going to stress us out and suppress our parasympathetics, our rest and digest. And so we can't digest our food. And we're having all kinds of GI issues, diarrhea and friggin' um, irritable bowel syndrome and all that stuff. This makes our gut bacteria unhappy. It probably disrupts the whole serotonin connection between the mind and the, and the butt. And that's fucked up. We need to take care of ourselves better and be aware of all this. There's a lot of... Um, complicated names here, anatomic speak, that I hit you with there, but hopefully you find this interesting, and take away the importance of having healthy uh, bowels and brain. Have a great Wednesday, let's take a dump on hump day.